Mangalam Guru Devaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Bhakta Mangalam Bhakta Vrindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishna Yamangalam Om, Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Revo Param Brahman Tasmai Sri Guru Venamaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Vande Guru Param Param Sri Ganesha Sri Guru Om Daima So last week it was raining so we didn't we can't. So it, was sprinkling, it was sprinkling enough to, <laughs> to become wet, so we didn't do our program. We had just did a little reading, a few people who showed up that didn't get the message that we were, so we read a little something. Uh, uh, warm corner of the ashram. Uh, so we're, we're continuing, it's a little smoke, we're continuing um, uh, the readings from the uh, description of the Kali Sutra, a thousand names of Mother Kali. And we're finishing verse 16. After all this time, name by name, 16 verses so far. <laughs> this is nice because this is we can keep the topic of meditation on Kali in so many different ways uh, uh, going a long time, which is nice. This morning, my morning tea, I was listening uh, to uh, a talk given last Sunday's talk, I think, from the Vedanta Society in Washington, D.C., where I was a few weeks ago. Uh, Swami Atmagyanananda, he would give a very nice talk on the holy name of God, right on Japa, things like that. One image really came in my mind, because these are holy names, of, these are a thousand such holy names of God. He was supposed to be talking about the nature of the mantra, the mantra that the Guru gives us like this, you know. But before that he was talking about so many important points of just a view of, of how the name of God is different than other names. We're told, Sri Ramakrishna says, we're told in many scriptures, the name of God is God himself, itself, herself. And he gave a beautiful, because usually a name is something that points to something. It signifies something, right? It's a sign we use, right? Okay? So it points to something. So like a chair, the word chair is not a chair. It means chair. It points to the chair, right? He gave an example that's been thinking, it's been in my mind the whole day. He said, if you make, if you make an alphabet, if you make a letters out of clay, right? And out of those letters made of clay, you write the word clay. Right, so the word clay points to clay, but they're made of clay. They themselves are clay. I thought that was a, the best example. That was I'm not but a, extremely good example, right, of how the name of God it points to God. It does point, but it points to itself. It itself is made of that. So this is this is true of every name and, and the thousand name hymns. These are beautiful. Uh, uh, um, each name points to some aspect. And then another example he gave here, I'm going to give a talk that he gave rather than <laughs> my own or independent research, but he's a brilliant uh, thinker. But a beautiful, he, he quoted, um, let's go a little geek. Uh, down a little bit. He, he's, he, uh, uh, he said, like, let's say, like, tomorrow's Mother's Day, so a very nice example. So, uh, uh, so your mother, you know, she's your mother, so you call her mom, right? And the husband, calls her something different, the uh, um, uh, niece calls something different, a sister calls her sister, a niece calls her auntie, right, her auntie calls her niece, right, uh, uh, people like work call her by name, there's so many things. Each one of those are different aspects, you know, mom, auntie, 
uh, my mom Francisca, you know, by her name, like this, Paquita, not nickname, or like this. Um, so, so when you call, when you call mom, or you call Francis, or you call honey, or tia, auntie, like this, right? Actually, you're calling one aspect, right? And she's the aspect that comes, but the mom comes, but so does the auntie. So does the, the, the daughter, so does the aunt, right? So each one of these names that we're calling and meditating on, each one calls the full, the full goddess. Although it's an aspect of the goddess, it actually calls the full goddess, right? Uh, even though it may not, we may, and when we call, if she comes by our call, the whole, all those, uh, all those uh, aspects come. So I thought that was these two points stuck in my mind from uh, the, his talk. So that shows you the benefit of these type of Facebook and and uh, live stream because <laughs> he gave a talk on the literally on the other side of the United. He can't get farther, almost can't get farther away from us in the United States than where he is. But it's very nice we could hear. I think about these things. So the names we the the section of names we we were discussing. These are a little bit. These are describing her iconography. This is there's some names that describe her. Her, um, uh, her nature, her personality, her functions. This is describing her, uh, her form, her position, her, her, her jewelry, her weaponry. These are that category of names. And the la- uh, I'll read the, the verse 16. Preta deha karanapura preta pani su mekala. Preta sana priya preta preta bumi kritalaya. So we discussed the other one. These are preha deha. Uh, uh, this is. She has, we discussed this quite elaborately, the earrings made of corpses, right? Her uh, a girdle made of the severed arms of corpses, right? These are very, very strange things to describe. And this, this, this series of names is dealing with corpses, right? Preta. And we mentioned Preta has many meanings, but here Preta simply means a dead body, here's my corpse. But Preta means ghost, Preta means hungry spirit, Preta means demon, Preta means all kinds of things, Preta means someone who's died. But here it's obvious, by use, Preta means a uh, corpse, a dead body. But dead, it's not actually about dead bodies. It, preta means, uh, uh, means uh, uh, anyway, we went a lot, you know, it, it means actually everything is Preta, actually. And this series of names will show that actually one of the most distinct iconographic uh, details when you look at Ma is that she seems to stand on a corpse. Right, and she has severed heads, and she has sever- severed hands. Right, so there's a lot of corpse symbolism. So corpse means many things. It also means corpse, but it doesn't only mean corpse. Corpse is a symbol for so many things we discussed last last time. So <coughs> uh, uh, the name that uh, the next name in in the second half of verse 16 is we're on ver- on name 112. Uh, would be the mantra we bow to we call to you who sits upon a corpse now that's a strange thing to say now there's many forms of God many uh, names of God many ways of thinking uh, different forms of the deity uh, different, different forms of Kali uh, um, this is uh, um, and you see many posters Many many hymns that describe her standing on Shiva or sitting on Shiva, or standing on a corpse, or even in the Lita Sasanama, she has many names, uh, Pancha Brahma, Pretasana, something like that. She sits on five corpses, uh, the five Brahma corpses, like this, right? Uh, there's names like that. 
So it's some distinct thing. So it's we have to understand. We don't, we don't want to get too. I can't say we don't want to go. We want to go very deep into these things, but we can't go very deep into them because these these things on on a tantric level they're not meant to be described. The nature of tantra is not meant to be described openly, right? It's may it's talked about amongst initiates, and not only amongst initiates, it's talked about to initiate to the that to to whom it will be a value, right? Just because yes yes just because something is in the scriptures or there's a practice doesn't mean it's meant for everybody. Right, it's actually meant for almost nobody, and maybe even nobody. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Maybe there's nobody for some of these, some practices, and some meditation, some mantras. Uh, um, uh, uh, but it is because we cannot get a, we cannot go, we, we, we cannot avoid such images of Kali standing on a corpse, sitting on a corpse, sitting. What is she? Sits in a cremation. She stands in a cremation ground, right, surrounded by jackals and howling. You know, there's her mantras say that her, her posters. If you want to buy a very sweet, beautiful picture of Kali, right, very beautiful, you know, bright blue with a shiny sword and like that stuff. But there'll be some dis- dismembered arm <laughs> on the floor. You know, <laughs> burning bodies in the background. It's, you can't get around it. We have to think a little bit what it means. Right. Although we can't describe exactly what it means because it's not appropriate, but also it means so much. It means things that we can't, that we, we may not have. I can give some description, and from the commentaries, from the yogis, from our own thinking about it. But most of these things, they're they're beyond our experiences. Right. Uh, 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 these are. Uh, we believe that these these names came from the outpourings of. Uh, 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 ecstatic outpourings of, of rishis and sages who have had these images, these uh, realizations. So we, we can only hint at what these things mean. So we'll give it our best shot carefully, not to uh, uh, try not to overstep the bounds of propriety and, and the level of our own understanding, appropriateness. So preta asana, she who sits upon a corpse. So this is the most common thing. She either she stands. The most common image is she's standing on Shiva. Right or and and a little more tantric images. She's sitting on Shiva. Usually, sitting on Shiva means in, in sexual union with Shiva, right? Uh, 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 and so, so sometimes you see one or the other usually, but actually, more accurately, as per the Dhyan mantras, the mantras that are given in the tantras, uh, um, describing these forms, exactly, there is there is a Shiva that's lying down, right? And 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 then there's a Shiva on top of that Shiva on which Ma is sitting. Or in union with, right? So there's actually two two shivas, right? And that's one thing. But there's actually other forms where there's piles of shivas, <laughs> right? <laughs> All kinds of shivas, right? Uh, so we have to understand a little bit some of the, s- the symbolism. When we when somebody asks, oh, why is she? Who is she standing on? Why is she, mommy? Why is Kali standing on Shiva? You know, you give some simple answers. Some there's some general story how she stands on Shiva. Shiva laid down and she stepped on Shiva, and then the the, the battle stopped. You know, we know these stories. Uh, these are very significant stories, and they have references in 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 text uh, and tradition. Uh, but then we can give a little philosophical description is that and and uh, as a symbol of of of, uh, of how Shiva and Shakti manifest that Shiva represents in this story in that image is the, that all-pervading consciousness that in blissful you know in, in uh, white is that of uh, absolute purity he's not moving he's a he's the ground of being in philosophy we call it Brahman like this right the, the ground unmanifested unmoving being but that unmoving unmanifested being the ground of being also has something that it manifests. The unmanifest seems to be, for all intended purposes, manifesting as this world of name and form. So we see here in in, in temple images not just standing on Shiva, but walking. One foot is usually forward, the right or left foot is forward. 
has significance as we go through the names who has a right foot forward or the left foot forward there's different uh, details right that means that she's manifesting and she manifests that one universal consciousness manifests as begins to manifest through vibration through om represented by the 50 letters of the alphabet represented by her one of the meanings of her skulls or her or, or, or severed heads akshamala Vanamalakshamala, it says, uh, uh, and that manifests as the world of duality. We talked about this last last couple of weeks, or last couple of meetings, how the one manifests and the world duality, but it's not duality. It means duality means the world of multiplicity. Right? When we say uh, uh, pleasure and pain, that's duality, but that's just two extremes. In between, there's a thousand other things. When we say night and day, that's two extremes, but there's a thousand things in between uh, night and day. So the world of duality means the world of multiplicity, the world of name and form, the world of manifestation of us, Yadavi Sarvabhutu, Yadavi in all beings, he's manifested everything. So this is a very nice, simple, uh, uh, beautiful philosophical snap of the image of, of, of Kali standing on Shiva or manifesting Shiva. And Thakur talks, Sri Ramakrishna talks like this, is that when I th- uh, Shiva and Shakti, is Shiva is, uh, or Brahman and, and Shakti, or Shiva and Kali, like this, uh, uh, the unmanifested and the un- and the manifested, and in non-dual schools of Vedanta, we tend to focus on the unmanifested as being the reality. The manifest is because by certain definitions of reality, the un- the manifest is not real. If your definition is that which doesn't change, right? So the manifest is changing. So we can just if that's what you're looking for. If your definition of the real is that which doesn't change, the manifest is not real. It's it's temporary. If your definition of the of the of, the mani- of, of reality is the observer, not the observed, the manifest is observed. Therefore, it's not real, right? So uh, 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 so you can go uh, if 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 your definition of the ma- uh, of reality is a subtle, not the gross, then Shiva, the unmanifested, is subtle, and the manifested is gross, ex- internal, external, however you want. If you, if those are your definition, so the other day Swami uh, Ambikananda read from Katamrita. Uh, um, the idea of the what is it, the jackfruit, the fruit, uh, the weight, full weight. Oh, yeah. The jackfruit, the right? Fruit. The bell fruit, right? So the most important of the bell fruit is the flesh. That's what we eat, right? All right, right, right. So you say, what's what's uh, like? And if you're looking, if you're shopping for bell, uh, this type of uh, uh, fruit, you're looking for one has how much how much flesh is it going to have, right? But when it gets weighed, right, that the shop they don't just they're not going to they're not going to weigh the the flesh. They're going to weigh the skin and the seeds. That's the full jackfruit, right? So if it depends. So if if your definition is only the unmanifested, only the unmoving, only the unchanging, only the subtle, only the subject, never the object, you know, then this world is Maya. This world doesn't exist, right? It's whatever, however it exists. It's not reality. It's not unchanging reality. But Sri Ramakrishna said it doesn't give the full weight. You're not getting the full picture, right? Because the way it seems to be, for all intended purposes, for our experience. And even the experience of the great saints, right, is that the unmanifest also manifests, right? The ground of being has something, becomes all this, right? And that's a basic principle that, uh, of Shaktism, of Tantra, is that we, it's, also giving, it's also giving value and attention to, it, to the manifestation, the Shakti. Not just the Shakti Man, but the Shakti. Not just the consciousness, but the, the uh, uh, not only Purusha, but Pakriti. Not only... Not, uh, uh, I think this is ash, but I think it's seeds, right? <laughs> I'm worried. When I see ash moving like this, I get nervous. There are things flying in the air. Um, 
So that's shak so Shaktism gives Premfiso as re or Shak does. Therefore, this is a Kali temple. You know, so we get where the whole focus is. All the bright lights are shining on Shiva on, on Kali, right? You know, Shiva where Shiva. She's underneath her feet. You know, we the images like that. We're giving emphasis, but we real but 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 in in, in, in Shaktism it also realizes that why is Shakti important? Because it's manifesting the ground of being. It's man. It's the manifestation of the, of the Godhead. So much so that it's also got, it's no none different from the Godhead. You cannot separate Shiva and Shakti. Sri Ramakrishna said like two sides of the same coin, right? Uh, you can't separate. You can all, you can all be, you can be interested in only one side, but it has two sides, right? And we can think oh it's this way. You know, oh heads you win, tails you lose, <laughs> right? But they're the same coin. This is just an arbitrary uh, focus, right? Or um, uh, uh, or the, then then he says like milk in its whiteness, water in its wetness, fi fire in its power to burn. You can you can describe fire. You can define burning power, right? But you can't really. It's the same thing. Convenience we can do, and you can focus. I'm foc I'm studying only fire or the burning power of, of fire, not fire. That's what I'm focusing on. So that's that's a uh, legitimate attempt, right? But uh, um, these images and sh and 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 tantra in general and shakta tantra in general is all uh, giving due importance. To the manifest, right? To the Devi, the one who, the one who, if Shiva represents uh, the non-dual ground of being, Shakti Kali, the one dancing or manifesting, uh, expressing. So this is one image, the most common image, a common description of, Shi of of Kali standing on Shiva. It's a simple philosophical, and it's a very bold. I think it's a very bold. We we always think this is a very brave view of reality, because in many religions we have we have an all good God. And an all bad counter god, anti god, the devil, right, or some version of the devil, right, and um, and so all the all that's good is controlled by one, all that's bad controlled by the other, right. This is seen actually that good and bad are just two extremes. They're not. As Swami can always say they're not they're not difference in kind, but in in in, uh, uh, in quantity, not in kind, right. They're the, uh, they're both the same thing. They're all Shiva manifested as the world of in the world of duality or the world of multiplicity. So we see. The good is divine, and the bad is divine, right? Birth is divine, death is divine. Youth is divine, old age is divine. Success is divine, failure is divine. It's uh, suffering, uh, happiness is divine, suffering is divine, right? That doesn't mean we want suffering, doesn't mean we want to die, doesn't mean we want war, doesn't mean we want ill health, but it's it's part of the nature of the manifested change in universe, right? And that's, there, there is a value also in, in seeing all that's changing in the world of multiplicity as divine, that means we're seeing the unchanging, right? That, that means that mean if, if you're seeing, oh, uh, uh, sickness is also divine, uh, and and uh, and 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 death is also divine, right? And suffering is also divine. It means you're seeing the unchanging, the divine in in all these things, right? So actually, the focus of on Shakti is itself a very real focus on Shiva. It's actually the best way to focus on Shiva. Right, uh, we see Shiva and all in 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 in, in the and uh, the the non-dual reality in uh, in every aspect of of, uh, uh, of its manifestation, dual dual manifestation. So that's one image of Shiva on Shakti. Right, this actually here she says she sits on a corpse, not stands on a corpse. So this is a slightly different image, right? Not much of a different image. It can be the same thing, right? Um, and because we're in adult setting here, and we don't overemphasize it, but exactly by sitting on Shiva, she's in a sexual union with Shiva. Usually, the image is seen like that. So that has some meaning. Partially is that that uh, Shiva is Shava, a corpse, 
right? She, I mean, he says, without Shakti, Shiva is Shava. And that first line of, um, I forget the line. Lahari, Lahari. Lahari, Sundar Lahari, right? That famous line, it says, without, without Shakti, Shiva cannot even stir. Right, right. And even language is a play where sh- uh, uh, you take the E out of Shiva, becomes Shava. Even language, there's some play in like that, right? So Shava means corpse. So she, she is the one who gives life to Shiva. She is the one who manifests. Without that, Shiva can't manifest. Without Shakti, Shiva can't manifest, right? Without a vibration, you know, if you have a still pond of water, unless there's a vibration, the water is not going to move, right? Without that vibration. So her in union with Shiva is part of the symbol of, of him waking up, him becoming uh, uh, enlivened. Right and 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 bursting forth. Right, the images are given in a sexual image. Uh, um, so that's another. So the standing on Shiva and the sitting on Shiva is not going to be much of a difference in symbolism at that level of understanding. Right. Then it becomes uh, so in the uh, uh, one image of of of, of, of uh, in even in Lalita Sasarama in, in the Brahmana Purana it describes like that she sits on a corpse. She sips on five corpses. Right. Uh, and it's described, if you've seen, sometimes it's beautifully painted, a lot of beautiful images of Lita Tipura Sundari, the four legs will be Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, and Isha, right? And then Ishwa, and then um, Sada Shiva will be the, the couch, right? And uh, so this, uh, these are the five, and then some, so some, and then she sits on that couch of Sada Shiva, so that's the, uh, she's in union with Sada Shiva, and on the four legs of, 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 the, of the primary gods, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. Isha is another form of Shiva, and so is Sada Shiva. Others say there's Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Isha, Sada Shiva, and then there's another Shiva that's described as her bedsheet. Right? That's, there's so many descriptions like that. These are anthropomorphic descriptions and, and symbolic descriptions of, 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 of her, her asana. Um, or in, uh, um, uh, so she's going to be in union with Shiva on uh, on five corpses, or she's in union on Shiva on four corpses, right? Or she's in union with Shiva on one corpse, or she's in union with Shiva who is a corpse. This depends on how it's painted, how it's described, right? Different texts will say it differently. But it's going to be roughly the same thing. The 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 five corpses, of course, usually we see them in the images. They look like there's Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva holding up the, the pillar, right? So uh, so they're corpses, but they've 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 been brought alive. Right, a dead body is brought alive. When, so, when the difference between a live body and a dead body is what shakti or soul. Right, there's some there's some soul that's, that's giving life to to something. So, uh, uh, Brahma, Vishnu, not just Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, and Isha, but everything. Right, including Ambikananda and Rishi and 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 and, and uh, Edi. Without shakti, we'd be a dead. I mean, many people here probably have. I mean, we see dead bodies in in animals dying and people eating like that but if you've seen like a loved one uh, been when a loved one has passed away right you see the difference between a live body and a dead body there's some difference in the beginning when it's live everybody gives so much attention right every last little thing right to give comfort especially when the but as soon as something happens right the prana leaves shakti leaves the soul leaves something that's animating right whether that leaves then then you start really crying, right? Because now they're gone. Something has gone. And what do you have left? You have only a dead body, right? Some prana is gone. Living, the living force is gone, right? And so the difference between a lead, live body and a dead body, the body's still there. Almost nothing's different. By weight, it's the same. By chemical composure, it's the same, right? You can even get the heart. You can buy machines. You can keep the heart pumping, 
right? So it's not then keep the lungs moving, but you know, it's 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 you're just you're just uh, um, um, opening and closing the lungs of a of a dead body. It's not it's a, it's it's an, uh, it's preta, right? But so like like that, there's something within everybody. So there's something even within Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Right and in Indra and and every and, and every and everybody. So that's that Shakti. You know, we call in our individual in our in the individual sense we call it the individual soul, right? Jivatman. In the cosmic sense we call it a Paramatma, supreme soul, right? Uh, it's the same, just seen individually, same or seen universally, right? So she is that Shakti, the soul of the universe in this sense, right? Even of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Now in the first images, Shiva's the consciousness, and she's its manifestation. Here, she's the consciousness and the energy of consciousness, and Shiva, Brahma, and Vishnu are simply Shava. They're 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 just a form. They're they're nothing without her. They, she cannot they cannot manif- they cannot manifest. Not even that they can't not manifest. You say, oh, uh, without your soul, your body can't manifest. No, no, your body is never manifesting. Your soul is manifesting through the body, right? So even Brahma, so she's a Shakti, the life of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Right, this is the idea, uh, uh, um, and also no, another another thing. These are those five. We a long time ago we discussed a little bit about the pratasana, the the punch pratasana, uh, as being uh, the five functions of Ishvara. Right, uh, that is creation, uh, controlled by Brahma, uh, sustenance or maintenance by Vishnu, destruction or or, or dissolution by Rudra or Shiva. Then you have Isha and, and Sadashiva represent that uh, the veiling power and the revealing power, mm-hmm. or Maya and uh, grace, right? Liberating grace, right? These are the five energies of Ishvara, and we think of the word Bhagavan, Bhagavan who holds these five, these six powers, right? We know it's all beauty, all wealth, all power, like this, right? All renunciation, all knowledge. But Ishvara has a specific meaning also. It has these five powers. So by saying, by her standing, sitting on all five powers and saying that they're her asan, they're not her asana, the corpses, that's saying that she's, that she's Ishvara. She's the, Ishvara means controller, right? She's, or the doer or controller, the, 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 the master, the Lord, right? She's the lordship of the lords. She's the, con- she's the controlling power of the controllers, right? She's the Shakti of the Shavas. Right, you know, she's our Shakti also. This is another meaning of her sitting on. Uh, so that's in Lalita Tipusundi, it's given this image of Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, usually very nicely holding them, very nicely painted. Right but we mentioned last time that, that between Shiva and Lalita, they're the same goddess, but seen with different, with a different uh, snap, right? Like the full moon and the new moon, we gave that example, right? The same moon, but very different but not different at all. The difference is only from perspective. Same moon, right? But similarly, so just like the, the new moon the dark and, and, the, and the full moon is going to be different, uh, it's going to feel different and going to be experienced almost opposite. You can't get more opposite in moonlight from full moon and new moon. So you can't get more opposite in, in bhava and iconography, the uh, Kali and Lalita, Tripura Sundari, Shodashi. So Kali in this, and so she also stands on. So she, her are not little Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, right? In anthropomorphic form and all their jewelry and everything holding up her her seat, right? So here, some sometimes you'll see. So here, Shiva's just a corpse, right? Right? And sometimes even some there are rare paintings we have. We've collected whenever we find them, uh, um, paintings where you have literally Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Isha, all like 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 dead bodies stacked on each other. Right, and then she sits on those corpses. <laughs> so hers is more because she exists in cremation ground. One of the names here is Smashan uh, Smashan Avasani, 
Right. Two names that were coming are both about cremation ground. The first name is him. It's cremation. It's mashana. Right. So, so her image is going to be a little more. Not. They're not symbolic. They're not. Uh, they're not giving. Oh, that she sits on the five brahmas. She sits on literally fits on corpses. Right. Sometimes piles of corpses. Uh, uh, on the second, we'll have you read that beautiful. You have your. Yeah, you have it. Different uh, uh, um, mantras describe like this. Um, so n- another uh, 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 another uh, meaning. So yogis take it in so many different ways. Another thing of her standing, sitting on a corpse. In some images, like I said, that she's in union with Shiva on one co- one form of Shiva is Mahakala, right? And then on top of that, below that is another Shiva called Sada Shiva, right? This is a common image, and um, uh, uh, and so there's there's many la- layers of understanding of that Asada Shiva universal consciousness Mahakala is is time space and causation and she manifests I mean there's all kinds of ways of understanding people have given but yogis tant- uh, yogi yogis people are like tantric yogis who are interested in like who visualize like the kundalini and the chakras and that category of yoga of tantric yoga they have their own way of understanding this is, she's a tantric goddess and it fits that type of yoga Right, because usually we think of Kali at the base of the spine as in, in, in the unawakened being, in all of us, right? We all have that Shakti, right? It's called Kula Kundalini, right? It's represented by this fire in the in in the uh, first verse. I think the first or second verse of Lithasasana Chidangni Kunda Sambuta, right? She exists, uh, Sri Mata, that that divine goddess, that divine mother. For Mother's Day, we have to think of her, that divine mother. Where is our divine mother? Sri Mata, Sri Maha. She is she, who is she? She's at the she's the empress, Mahalini. and she sits on a on a, on a uh, lion throne, right? On her shingasana means a throne. Where is she enthroned? Chidagnikunda Sambuta. She exists in the fire pit of awareness. Chidagnikunda. So this is the fire pit of our awareness. This is the very base. Literally, you can think of it the very base, uh, the shakti of our being, right? And there she does the work of the gods, Devyakara Samajita. She does the divine work, right? And so in us, she's also, it's by her Shakti, her radiating energy is giving us prana. The radiant energy of Kundalini, of sleeping Kundalini, the radiating energy is called prana, right? By that prana, we're breathing, we're, 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 we're moving, we're blinking, we're conscious, we're thinking, we're sleeping, all these type of things, right? Unawakened, right? In the, so in unawakened, she's at the base of the spine, visualized like that. The radiating the heat of this fire at the base of the spine is giving everything movement, right? Another way of thinking, right? Um, uh, uh, uh. And so, in this uh, image, where is Shiva? Shiva is in Mount Kailash, very far away, right? And Mount Kailash in the body is considered at the top of the spine. Mount Kailash is, is a combination of three hills: is the Ida Pingala Shumna, the end, and then the final, the final peak, the very peak of Mount, of Mount Kailash, is the abode of Shiva. And so Shiva is seen meditating in a thousand petaled, he's visualized in a thousand petal lotus of the head. And Kali is seen not in Muladhara, but underneath Muladhara. Muladhara is the earth element, underneath the earth element. Muladhara is, birth element means body consciousness, means worldly awareness. Worldly awareness. So she's underneath, covered by our body consciousness, and covered by our external worldly thinking, or covered by Muladhara. Right. So we have to somehow, I mean, we can't say we have to, we have to be careful how we use the language. We're not trying to manipulate Devi, right? We're, we're her children and her worshippers. We pray to her to come up. Jagratam, uh, uh, Jagoma, wake up mother, right? Um, 
we want her to come up right through uh, not just through prana but we clean the way through prana by cleaning by purifying chakras by purifying our emotions and our physical body our emotional body our mental body our nervous system through the practices of yoga uh, 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 make the way clean and through our devotion and through japa and meditation devotion and puja and selfless service all those practices she comes up she awakens right as our conscious our awareness uh, becomes enlivened and in the final stage you can say visualize she then she becomes the top of the head in union with Shiva right she's now on top of Shiva right so this is a very interesting thing so now she's in Shiva's on top of the head and she's in union with Shiva now uh, and and Shiva right so now so we have this body right and then we have Shiva on the top of the head and Kali as Kundalini in union with Shiva on top of him right so Shiva is in union with sh- uh, Shakti in union with Shiva on top of Shava, on top of the body. That's our body, right? So this image of Shiva, Kali in union with Shiva on top of Shava, is the the picture of an awakened being, right? Of an awakened Kundalini, right? That she is she is now in union with Shiva, and this body becomes Shava, right? And so there's practices in the in the scarier edges of tantric and tantra where people you think oh people go in, in the middle of the night and they and, and they and they they find a dead body and they put the dead body and then they draw a yantra on that dead body and they sit on that uh, called this is pretasana or shavasana shavasana is not sitting there uh, and 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 and, and <laughs> watching your breath and withdrawing it and moving it this is this is nice it's a very it's like a shavasana is you take a dead body <laughs> and you sit on it <laughs> right yeah it's told a funny story about this or an uh, illustrative story right uh, um uh, and then puja is done. It was the idea that you get like a, so that's that may or may not be that's something that uh, 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 in stories like like that and maybe have been practiced or has its own place perhaps. Uh, um, but that's not real sh- shavasana. Real shavasana is sitting on top of this body, right? When you're beyond body consciousness, when you're when you're thinking of God beyond body, automatically you're sitting on a. Sh- so actually, when you sit, there's a mantra we use in Kali Puja. There's all kinds of mantras for the seat. Right, we purify the asana. We purify the seat we sit on. Right, called ashana shuddhi. Right, uh, and there's vini yoga mantra, and then privitra rita loka devi tamo mother goddess earth. You hold us all. You hold us on your lap. You are held by Lord Vishnu. Protect us and purify this seat. That's what we believe that we're, we're praying to Mother Earth, and the story that she's held by Vishnu, and the whole story of Varaha avatar like this. Right, uh, but Mother Earth is fine. That's something with that's one. That's our experience of it. But also our asana is our little classic we're saying this is my asana this is your asana right so we also want that asana purified but our real asana is muladhara chakra right we're sitting on our we're sitting on our ch- on, we're sitting on our muladhara <laughs> on our on our <laughs> right get off your muladhara and get to work you know <laughs> we do, we do, you know using our own language right right we're sitting because under and so that seat that underneath says she holds that when that's pure she can come up right and uh, there's a mantra anyway, and in in, in there's another mantra, we say, Om Marhara Shaktyadi Bhyodama, we worship the power that sustains the seat, the, sustain, the sustaining power, right? Or Marhara Shakti Kamala Sanayanama, that sustaining power, which is Shakti, right, that holds up in the lotus seat. That again is Muladhara, it's not only this seat, but it's Muladhara, right, the lotus of the Muladhara, right? But then there's another mantra, Sada Shiva Mahapreta Padma Sanayanama, then you get more, right? So we worship. Th- that power, right? And we worship Mahap uh, Sada Shiva, that Sada Shiva, who's the great corpse 
in the lotus seat, right? So our lotus seat is this body, right? We should be sitting. When we sit for meditation, we go beyond the body. Energetically imagined in Tantra as sitting on top of the head. Psychologically understood as beyond body, beyond body awareness. That's, that's, that's also uh, pretasana, right? Or shavasana or, or, or uh, uh, shavasadana. Right. So every time you sit, actually, and you can see, you know, like you imagine, it must be very difficult to do that type of sadhana. First, you have to. Yeah, it's not easy to get a dead body. It's like some legal problems <laughs> nowadays. The logistics are very difficult, right? Right. And then you have to then you have to, then you have to carry it into the forest somewhere. You imagine carrying. You know, imagine it's hard enough to carry your body, but to carry some other thing. Like, like but actually, we do that. If you want to go to your meditation room. What do you do? You have to get up, carry your body into that room, slap it down. <laughs> and then, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, uh, we're doing Shavasana all the time. We're, we're sitting on a, sh- on, on a corpse all the time, Pritasana all the time. So the image of Kali is that fully realized uh, um, uh, example. So um, we're all actually, uh, in that sense, very uh, um, dangerous, scary tantrics every time we meditate and we forget our body or go beyond our body. Right, and try to think of God, and trying to u- u- unite the mind, uh, and that union, that that that's shown as a, as as the union of Shiva and Shakti on top of that, right? That is in Tantra called Parasambit, right? Sambit is this is the, the joy of that of of of, 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 un- of union, right? That union creates Amrita, right? Uh, uh, Parasambit. Uh, uh, Anyway, Sambit is considered the, and actually, we, we many things in, in, in many texts, it says uh, the fire of Sambit, Chidagni Sambit, right? Is that everything is a, a symbol of that union. We have to think, so this is a way, uh, yogis want that union. Actually, every, you taste, you have a lick of ice cream, that's part of Sambit, that's Sambit also. You get some union and you get some joy, some bliss, some rasa, right? Some juice, right? So we want that highest bliss, right? The union of not just small unions of Shiva and Shakti. Right of awareness and consciousness, or consciousness and form, or whatever, however you want to look, right through regular experience, through sense experiences. That itself gives some joy, but not fully satisfying the problem. We want bigger joy than ice cream can give, right? I know it's almost blasphemous to say such things, but there is such joy. <laughs> I hear <laughs> scriptures mention such things. The saints claim such things, right? Uh, uh, but uh, so we want that highest joy. So this is also imaged by this imi- by the uh, by the uh, uh, Shiva uh, Ma. And so it's so in the the um, Kali Dhyanam, the, the long Dhyanam mantra, Dhyan mantra describes meditation mantra describes a form of the deity to be thought of in meditation during puja, and in the. Um, I think it's in Tantrasada by Krishnananda, Bengali collection of, Beng- uh, of tantric uh, uh, verses. Nobody knows if he wrote wrote it or if he is repeating it, which already collected them. We don't know. The first record of the Kali that we have inside this form that's described in this, this, this uh, Dhyan Mantra, um, as far as we know, the first time that image is described is in Tantrasada. Many of the images of the deities we worship are common in Tantrasada. There's Tantrasada, Mantra Hodini, there's a few texts that a lot of these things come from. Um, so in Tantrasada, it describes also, it says, uh, uh, let me find it here. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Shavarup Mahadevo Hridiyo Parisamsitam. Right? She, uh, uh, she stands upon Shavarup uh, Mahadeva, that great Shiva, the great God Mahadeva, as in, a, in the form of a corpse. So this is her image, right? And then it further says, Baha Kalina Chasamam Piparitar Tarunam. Let me find it here. 
viparita rati. So viparita rati. This is this is rati means that uh, rati is a name. Of, you have kamadev and rati. Kama is is lust or the cupid. We would say it's not cupid. Is a it's a cutie little thing that we that we we have in, in the Western world, right? And in 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 in, in the in shastra, cupid is a stronger character, kamadev or uh, uh, madan and like this, right? Uh, 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 he's not. He's not cute. He's he's very handsome, but he's not cute. It's <laughs> a different type of thing. He's very scary. He's very scary. Uh, uh, and his wife is Rati. Rati me. And so Rati means here's the joy of sexual union. That's Rati. So Kama and Rati. And so, so Viparita uh, um, uh, um, uh, means opposite. So it means sexual union, that's opposite. This means, sorry to be a little bit graphic, but this is the image we're describing and, and carefully. It means that Ma is on top, right? That's she's a superior position. And in modern culture and in ancient culture, women were not always treated in superior position, both in, 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 in the sexual sense or in, in, society, in society sense, right? They're controlled, held down by men, right? Here it's showing her supremacy, the fact that she's on top Sorry to use this line, it means that she's in the supreme position, right? This is a Shakta tradition, right? Right, but also it has a deeper meaning because usually Shiva's here, and Shakti's down below in in in, in Muladhara, right? Right, but here this, the awakened position, she's in the superior position. She's now fully on top, right? Shiva's down below, and Shava's below that, right? One person I uh, uh, described that you know we think of usually who's in control is our, the uh, demons are in control, not sh- not Shiva or Shakti, <laughs> right? The, the demons are controlling our life. Every thought, every impulse, every desire, every sensation, every every uh, uh, offense is is controlling, takes control of our mind. And in many images, so you see Shiva. And there's a story describing that also, but you see when you have see the dancing Shiva. Right, uh, the Natara Shiva, she stands, I forget the name of that little demon, but he's short on this little dwarfy demon, right? There's a story where he was thrown and he stepped on that, not, that corpse, <laughs> and he stepped on that demon, right? You see, and you see him glorious, the supreme consciousness, right? Uh, defeated. Now, not the demons are not in control, he's shown supremacy. But now, that, this is, a, this is the extreme, this is another interpretation of an extreme feminist Shakta interpretation of the image, right? Even that supreme all-pervading, ever-victorious dancing Shiva, right, that pushes everything down, that gets pushed down and Shakti is on top. Right, standing, either standing on top in, like in the temple like that. No, not in the new image. This is not that just one image, this is the next image. Oh. Right, where Shakti is dancing. Because who is his po- where is his power? Right, his power to step on that Shiva, that comes up and he gets pushed down. Right, you, know, you can see when we, when, you know, our, the, our inner, our even our in, in our little sense, our our inner valor, our inner energy comes up and you know squashes like that. <coughs> so this is this pratasana uh, uh, name or image is very, it's 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 important. Um, it's not what we've said is more than sufficient to describe uh, like this, right? But it, it appears in 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 the tantric literature. In the Devi literature, as it's in the Dhyan Mantra, it says one who, like the end of that Dhyan Mantra, the long Dhyan Mantra, I'm not giving the full verse, but it says, He who, Mother Kali, the grantor of righteousness, enjoyment, wealth, and perfection, the four Arta, Kama, uh, Arta, uh, Dharma, and Moksha, right, should be meditate, Dharma, Kama, Arta, Evam, Sam, Chittayet, Kalim. We should always meditate upon this form of Kali, described like that, including 
her standing and standing on Shiva like this, right? A and then we'll get Kama, Kama, uh, Dharma, Kama, Artha, Moksha. We get the four fruits of life. So there's a result, right? So there's another text. There's there's um, uh, um, there's many texts on Kali, but not many of them are easily uh, understandable because of the images become so you know, with dead bodies and corpses and, you know, and, and, and it becomes not easy to interpret, right? But there's a, one of the important texts is called Kapurari uh, Stotram. Kapurari Stotram. Right? This is one of the main kind of foundational texts. But it's not a foundation. It's, it's, it's a text describing, it's in the Tantra, I forget which Tantra, please forgive, but it's describing um, a, a, a particular mantra for her and the sadhana of that mantra and within that sadhana what's the visualization of that mantra mm -hmm. so it says I'm not going to um, I don't want to mess up that verse but I'll just give the translation I have it in Sanskrit but I'm not going to mess it up close in the directions right means close in the space which means that she's Digambara right uh, uh, which means naked right the creator of the three worlds three-eyed the three-eyed we can give we will and we have talked about the three eyes Eta Pingla Shumna all this type of thing we give description right Dwelling in the cremation ground, which we'll, we'll get to that shortly. Seated, seated upon the, the chest of a corpse. Right, it's also the meditation, right? In sexual union with Mahakala. So this is the, the steps of the chorus and Mahakala, right? Meditating thus upon you, O Mother. Right, right. It says, if one who meditates it, even a dullard becomes a poet. Right, dullard here means not just dullard. Um, uh, it's almost more, it's like, a, what is somebody who can't speak? Mute. A mute or uh, uh, somebody who can't think or can't speak or something, but he can, can compose wonderful poetry. Now, this may be maybe if you really want to write poetry, you have to meditate upon this, right? Maybe it's that simple, right? This is the tantra. This is if you want to become a poet. This is the meditation you do. With this, you have to go into the cremation ground and meditate. It's, but I think it means something more. It means that that it says even mean not only. I mean, there's many. It's like like there's some something happens, right? When you think a dullard composing poetry. Or other language that th the lame climb mountains, right? That's a common thing to say, right? Right uh, means that something is awakened, right? right? That, that this is a symbol. This meditation is for the awakening of consciousness, awakening of awareness, awakening spiritual awakening, enlivening, right? Uh, in the, you can you can read. There's a beautiful hymn uh, uh, attributed to Adi Shankara called the Kalikastakam. Eight verses, eight nine verses. It's eight verses, no? Eight, yeah, uh, uh, to uh, um, uh, to Kali, right? It's a very Kalika Astakam, Kalika Astakam, right? Uh, yeah, but um, you think there's a few verses added. There's a Dhyan Mantra. So the and the refrain is very beautiful. The the the, the refrain is very very lovely. It says, uh, 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 "What's the very last line of each line?" So, so that what your real what your Surupa is, what your nature is, even the gods don't know. Right, so like what to speak, we don't know. We don't. In other words, we're talking about the being we're talking. Even we, we'll describe a thousand verses, and this is not the only. There are three hymns that I know of a thousand names of Kali, right? And not all the names are, and they're not repeated names. A lot of them, right? And then you have all of her rupas and have thousand name hymns. You know, it's like there's a, unlimited, and, and you can you, we can discuss. But still, we, we're only we're not saying anything about her, right? It's like saying mommy, mommy's coming, but we don't know anything about our real mother. Right, but speak of our divine. Even our physical mother, we know nothing. Even if we know her name, we grew up with her, and she raised us like that. But ninety-nine percent of her remains a mystery. Actually, when you call her, she's there. Right, what she is, 
Even God doesn't know. <laughs> the gods don't know. Maybe, maybe even God doesn't know the mystery of a person, right? What to speak of the mystery of the original, right? So it's a beautiful, beautiful. But I wanted him just read. I think it's three verses. This describes a dhyan mantra. Describe and so similar thing. We can. Yeah, you can chant it. Vivastras Mashana Layamukta Keshi Mahakala Kama Kulakali Geyam Ujevam Yugme Shiro Singh Dadhana Varam Daksha Yugme Bayam Vaita Taiva Sumadhya Pitunga Stanabharanamra Lasadrakta Shrika Dvayasus Mithasya Shavadvandvagarna Vatamsa Sugishi Lasad Pretapani Prayuktai Kakanji Shavakara Manja Diruda Shivabish Chaturdik Shushabda Yamana Hireji. Can we translation? Around her neck hangs a garland of severed heads dripping blood. She opens her mouth wide, giving a great dreadful sound and revealing her beautiful teeth. Naked, dwelling in the cremation ground with freely flowing hair, Kali is in sexual union with Mahakala. Her left hands hold sword and severed head. Her right hands grant boons and fearlessness. She is bent at the waist by the weight of her mountain-like breasts. The corners of her glistening blood-stained lips form a sweet smile. Her two earrings are corpses, her hair beautiful. The gleaming hands of demons tied together form her girdle. She eagerly ascends her throne of corpses and sits upon Shiva as the four directions fill with the sound of her jackals. That's quite an image. That's before the verses. This is just the opening <laughs> mantras, right? But also that, that uh, um, uh, a mountain of, uh, mountain of corpses. <laughs> image is very wonderful but also you see that is all what we last two three weeks we described uh, the gleaming hands describe her long flowing hair you know, all th these details are being described this is exactly describing the, the nature of her dhyan mantra so we, and if we're told to meditate upon dhyan mantra as her devotees in this way we have to th means med not just say the mantra and visualize the form meditate upon it means think about it deeply not just to visualize it or pick or wipe it instance in front of a picture of it, right? Right, or chant the mantra describing it. But think about it. So this is part of the meditation. One who meditates upon this form, let's let us meditate. We're, me we're trying to meditate a little bit on this form. It's interesting that her left, left side has all these yes, you know, yes. Body stuff, and the yes, right yes. side is giving bones. Yes. What's the two extremes? Yeah, and and this is go. part of the left-handed, right-handed yeah. deduction of them. It go. We'll unfold those as the names unfold, most likely. Uh, description right in the um, um i'm spending a lot of time on one name but this is the most common image you know it's, it's a very yeah. deep in the um oh, let me, this happened just today right just like a, 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 a there's a wonderful artist i don't remember his full name but he, he goes by art argya online right uh, uh, offering of art right he's incredible tantric artist of the modern artists of deities and tantric deities was very good knowledge of Shastra, I think like that. Very, and a new painting he's put up. It's a beautiful painting of Lalita Tipurasundari coming out of the fire. There's a whole story. How she, actually, in the story that um, uh, uh, Bandasura Kama was burnt, right, right, by Shiva's third eye, and then the result of that, 
seems like a good idea. Get rid of lust, easy. But it's, it backfires sometimes. You're, you're too dramatic. So even worse, much worse, a demon much worse than a little bit of agitation and romance in the mind. <laughs> much worse than that, you know. Seems really bad, but it's much worse than that. Right? Uh, uh, it takes, takes over the entire universe, right? And uh, the gods not going to do, the rishis and gods go to the mountains and they do a fire sacrifice because none of them can beat uh, Bandasuda. So horrible. The Banda means stop. When he came, when he woke up, the whole universe screamed, stop. <laughs> that was the first thing. When you see somebody, you, what you call them, that's their name. That's the stop, the stop demon. Stop demon, you know, like, very bad, right? And so they do, they start chanting mantras into the fire. And out of the fire, Pichadagnikun, that's what that first mantra, comes is the Devi. So it's a description of that from a different uh, text and, and from... But anyway, it's very, very beautiful, and it's um, uh, and he wrote. Uh, I just saw this picture today. I got very excited. A new, a new painting of him. I mean, always waiting for a new painting to come up. Uh, uh, if you're on Facebook, look Art Argya, incredible, right? And very good writing you've seen. Very beautiful Art Argya, right? You can look it up. So she, when she came up, she ordered the gods. So he writes, he, when she, she ordered the gods provide her a th- with a throne. The five primary gods, Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra, Ishvara, and Sadashiva, respectfully presiding over creation, preservation, dissolution, withdrawal, and grace, produced themselves at the throne for her over which she sat as Panchabrahmasana. That's the name in the Lita Sasanama. Uh, 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 throne of five Brahmas. Right? From her left of her body, she produced her consort Kameshwara, right? Her, and, and 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 paired with him, became in union with him. She ruled over the grand city of Sripura on Mount Meru. Very, very nice. but actually, what she was wearing is interesting because because uh, in the Kali we usually see that she's uh, Digambara. She what does she wear? She wears she she wears skulls and heads. She wear and she wears arms, <laughs> separate arms. So she's not naked. She's wear she's not wearing normal things, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so Lalita in this in this newly she's described as wearing a beautiful uh, silk sari, red and, and beautiful red. Here is described that she's wearing skin. Right, so and so she's wearing a, uh, a skin uh, uh, bottom cloth, a skin upper cloth, and a necklace of skulls, right, like that. And so I was very surprised when he wrote wow. and, and looking at the picture, trying to see how he sh- how he sh- how he showed it. The bottom cloth he's wearing is the skin of Lord Vishnu. She's wearing a blue cloth of Lord Vishnu's skin, right? So it's again corpse images, right? Yeah, and her upper cloth is the skin of Lord Brahma, Brahma. Right, her skulls are all the different heads of the different manifestations of Shiva. Yeah. <laughs> so that means once, so I mean, once again, it's like, that's like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's like, I thought the the punch Brahmasana was good, but this is beyond. Uh, uh, the image is great, but she's so beautiful. He did a so beautiful job, right? But and but showing what the, and also I've I've seen I have paintings where Ma's what what is she, what's the skulls? She's the head severed head. She's holding three head: Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva's head. Right, N- not that they're demons, you know. You, you cut the, this is symbolic. That she's controlling everything, but also she exists before them, and when they die, she's still there. Yeah. Right, you know, the Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva's gone. They're in the corpses, or they're her cloth, but she's still she's actually on their own. They 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 couldn't do it. They lost control, right? Because they didn't realize their own shakti. Right, mm-hmm. they're just dead body. This body, you know, one one. Uh, 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 um, somebody, you know, you know, when you're when you're vegetarian and vegan, like people challenge you for all kinds of stupid things. You know, <laughs> like, where do you wear leather? You know, like, 
like no i don't wear <laughs> you know like would jesus wear leather you know they still they give <laughs> stupid things like this like our friend uh uh um uh, uh shiram gave the best answer to me would jesus wear leather shoes right like, we don't know that right so maybe his mom gave them to him you know <laughs> you do what happened and we don't we feel bad we wear them you know it was a very good answer right um but uh 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 forgot what my point was <laughs> I got carried away <laughs> oh yeah uh, uh, I forget oh, oh no so uh, 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 but <coughs> but also so somebody went up like well well like uh, same question was there the, the the famous author in spiritual things Ekinos Shorin, right he says oh I wear actually it says I wear leather all the time and people were really quite shocked because nobody's ever seen him wear leather right right he says I yes very nice very nicely fitted Right, the glove, my sh- uh, shoes. Right, my mother and my parents gave me this when I was very young, and it's lasted me all these years. It, it doesn't look as good now. You know, it's getting older. Eventually, we'll have to change this cloth. You know, and you see, it's like we give. And the Gita says, as one changes from uh, old cloth to new cloth, one goes from body to body. Right, it shows that this is also this body. This is just our. This is just a leather skin. We're wearing a leather jacket. Right, you know, it's like. So we don't need another other extra leather jacket. One leather jacket's sufficient, right? You know. Uh, um, so that's also the kind of that imagery. It's a very, very uh, cool image. That's cool. Uh, 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 and uh, so oh, I lost my. Did I lose my page. So cool. It is cool, Kalipada. You're right. <laughs> it's totally cool. Uh, oh, I, I switched pages here. Put it out here. Put it so it's we described the iconography of of, of this uh, kali on top of Shiva or standing on top of Shiva, sitting on top of Shiva or standing, sitting on top of and anyway, like this, right? Um, and ultimately, uh, we can think as the, the main imagery is that of Purusha and Pakriti, right? Uh, or Shiva and Shakti, uh, uh, Brahman and its power. We can talk like that. If I, um, Oh, it's very nice. Uh, in uh, John and um, in Arthur Avalon, John Woodruff, Sir, Woodruff. John. Oh. Sir John Woodruff, in his book, he also describes he describes it also. He says about the Shiva's on Ma's <coughs> on one Shiva on top of another Shiva. He says the upper figure of Shiva named Sakala, who is awake because he is associated with his power with his power as efficient in material calls. His Shakti being now creative, he lies inert for he is immutable. He is immutable being. He is white because he has consciousness and illumination, Prakash. Under him, <coughs> under him, is another male figure, darker in color, to represent colorlessness, Vivarna, with eyes closed. This mysterious figure, Nishkala Shiva, is called Shava or corpse. It illustrates the doctrine that Shiva, without his power or Shakti, can do or is, so far as manifest, his as manifest is concerned. N- concern nothing he can do nothing and manifest nothing so this is also trying to describe uh, his attempt we gave our, uh, our, our legitimate attempt um, so anyways it's we're meant to think of, of this image so we're glad we can think of this image before we go on you can go the image inside here is this uh, painting with the Dash Mahavijas painted by Haley Goswami also has the same form of Kali on top of uh, uh, Mahakala on top of Shabashiva on the thousand petal lotus, right? So showing the, uh, that he's on the thousand petal lotus. Haley actually painted. It's very likely petals. a thousand petals. Look, I haven't counted, I haven't but, counted but I'm, them, I'm pretty sure it's a thousand petals. That's his style, you know. <laughs> his style. Um, 
So that's verse, that's name 112, name 113, right, is Priya Preta, right? She who is dear, right, or beloved. Priya Preta means that she's dear to them or they're dear to her, right? They love her or she loves them, right? Uh, um, and so, once again, if she, if, if Preta could be uh, uh, Shiva, Right, so she is the beloved of Shiva. Shiva is now seen as a corpse, and she is the beloved of Shiva. Right, if sh- if a Preta means Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, Isha, Nishwara, and Sada Shiva, then she is beloved. She is the Shakti, the most dear. And also, you can say, and Preta, if we're corpses, right, then what's our most dear? Nobody, of course, God should be our most dear thing. But also, our consciousness, awareness, with that, we're all we're in. We're protecting this body. Why? Because we don't want to. We don't want the consciousness to leave. The problem is we think we're the body. We don't want to lose our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we're actually consciousness. And giving up the body is probably not a big deal. <laughs> right? It's a weird thing. We actually, because we think we're the body, we don't, we, oh, we don't want to die. Right? But if we know we're the, we know awareness, then this body will change. It doesn't, nothing happens. Right? Srila Prabhupada, in, in a wonderful article, uh, interview with one, uh, in one of these little books, first little book I had of his, it's called... Um, uh, Path of Liberation, or some, something like this, and there was a conversation with uh, with um, John Lennon. It's one of those. It was a bit of a uh, preachy type of book, you know, to get out a popular character. But there's one conversation where he's talking to somebody about about reincarnation. This, like he says, and the person says, "How do you know reincarnation exists? Right? You guys believe it? How do you know?" He says, "It's I know, and you can also know." Right, think carefully. He's using the verse in the Gita, just as the body changes from youth, dehanos the body changes from youth to old age, to, to, from childhood to youth to old age, similar to the time of death, one takes on another body. So we reincarnate in our own body. This body is constantly changing. You look at my picture of a little child, you look at my picture now, you know, it's good. It's almost some DNA pattern is there, so you can see some, some bone structure, like, but it's completely different. Personality is different. And even every cell is different, what they say, right? After seven, eight years, every cell... So there's a, but you can see, so I've, I've reincarnated in this body. So I'm not this body, right? So, so and but he said, yeah, but, but, but no, you can also think. Just that you're a child. He kept repeating again and again. Just as in your own body, you were a small child. Now you're a young... Then you're a young man. Now you're an old man. So similarly, yes, but how do we know reincarnation exists? You can also know. Think carefully, <laughs> right? We're reincarnating now, right? And, but... but so we don't realize, but we think we're the body, and then we think, oh, am I cho-? And we say, oh, he's an old soul. His soul is very mature. We think the soul's changing. We think the body, we're seeing from the wrong perspective, right? We're not seeing the soul doesn't change. Even Krishna then says, it's not burnt by fire. It's not wet by water. Not burnt by fire. It's not changed. Immutable, unchangeable, eternal. Those verses are there, right? The body, the soul doesn't change. The body changes. But we think the, we think we're the body. We think the body is stable, and the soul's changing, right? A very uh, precarious position to be in, right? We put we we're, we're betting on the wrong horse for sure, losing horse for sure, right? Right. So priya preta, right? Also preta means also b- means ghost, right? Uh, or or boot, and to boot also means boot also has a symbol of of spirit or ghost. Or element or being, yadavi sarva bhuteshu, all beings, right? So it means all elements, all beings, all spirits. Every so she's dear to the whole thing. She's the essence of everything. She's the most dear. So when you see, when you also you could say that she's what's dear in a boot, right? The difference between a live body and a dead body. When it's live, 
all tr all all wonderful treatment afterward you call somebody to remove it it's going to spread disease if you keep it around right your love is not you you may as symbolic you may go to a grave or something like that right but actually now it's gone, it becomes from all value to call somebody to what are we how are we going to deal with what are you going to do with a dead body right you know so the 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 one that the thing that's dear the priya in boot or in preta is she's the one that's another way of thinking verse one four time is it now 616 16 we can finish one preta bhumi kritalaya preta bhumi so preta means ghost or dead body right or a dead body we're using it like that and bhumi means land the land of so the place of or the land means cremation ground right preta krita la krita alaya or krita laya or krita alaya almost the same meaning slight different meaning right Kritalaya, uh, one who dwells, one who takes with their abode. Right? Krita also means killed, or to finish or accomplished. So it's also a good symbol of a of a of a cremation ground, right? Or a, a dead body is something that's been killed, right? And so it's finished. It's been it's it's you like that. And alaya alaya means house where you stay. Alaya means not dissolving. Laya means to dissolve, right? So that which doesn't change, right? Like it's all. Laya, laya also just means house or residence so it's a way of you can pull how to pull the words apart we don't know what the original meaning is at least I don't maybe somebody who is very expert in Sanskrit grammar can say it has to only mean this yeah. maybe it's that I don't, I'm not that expert in anything so I can't say it has to mean anything I think it may mean this right? well that's alaya means that which is not dissolved which means a place where you stay not where you leave it's a way of saying but like uh, uh, yoga, yeah, like we have our ashram, our gurus, gurus ashram, yoga, the place where you practice yoga. Laya means place or residence, right? So she who, so how do you say, she who um, uh, resides in the place where uh, dead bodies live. Can't say live, but you know what I mean. Where it exists, <laughs> the place of dead bodies, which means that it's just a, it's just a colorful way of saying a cremation ground. Right, so she lives in the cremation ground. And so the, the next verse, I'm only going to do the first name of the next verse. I'll chant the next verse, but that uh, the first name is the one that I want to, it, it, it connected. Smashanavasani punya, punyada kula pandita, punyalaya, punyadeha, punya shloka, chapavani. So the first, the, the uh, verse 115 is Smashanavasani. So the first name of the Kali Sasanama was Smashana. And uh, so here it's smash. So this, the two names mean almost the same thing, just saying it differently. Smashanavasri, uh, she who lives or dwells in the cremation ground. Now, <coughs> of course, part of that is that people go to cremation grounds to worship her, right? She lives, uh, so her sadhanas are done in cremation grounds, right? It's a common thing, right? Sri Ramakrishna himself did uh, sadhana in cremation grounds in his youth in Kapukor. There's a cremation ground under a giant mango tree mango tree or some banyan big I forget but it's, it's uh, and she, he did much sadhana there um, uh, in his youth um, uh, 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 and he had many he saw many places when he went to cremation grounds and he saw Shiva and Kali doing their work there he saw them dwelling in the cremation ground so it's literally you want to you see Kali you go to cremation ground that's like simple meaning where does she live in cremation ground but she also exists everywhere Yadavi Sarvabhu in all beings right so she so, this, so that whole world is a cremation ground just like without her, every body is just a corpse. Without her, everything is just a cremation ground. Everything is dead or dying without her, right? She dwells. She's the one giving life to this world. But cremation ground also has some other symbolism. The, uh, uh, in, the, in that Kaparadi Stotram, 
right? Kapurari Stotram. There is a medieval commentator named Vimalananda Swami, and he gives um, uh, he gives an interpretation of what cremation ground means. What smashana? Cremation ground means Brahman, right? Brahman, as in the absolute Brahman, because in the absolute Brahman there is nothing, right? Everything is everything. Nothing exists anymore. There's no thing, right? And in cremation ground, everything is destroyed. Right, all the things we hold most dear are destroyed. We watch them. Of course, this and this and so in the cremation, what do you do? You take your the thing you cr- you treated so well, and gave so much attention to. You carry it. You put it on a pile of wood and you light it on fire. Then you wait. It takes two three hours. You have a cup of tea while it's burning, right until it's done. Right. Hopefully that didn't <laughs> anybody to join. You know. Um, so that's a very and 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 you see. So it's very it's a very good place to learn renunciation. You see what's going to last. Nothing's going to last. Right, Holy Mother said, "This thing we treat so well, right, becomes two, three pounds of ash. That this whole body just becomes ash, right? Shiva wears the ash of the world. That's true. When he realizes that, the whole world is burnt to ash, and he wears that ash on his body, right? This is a very deep. This is why ash is such an important thing. And you see this wood we're burning, right? This, this, how much this tree that this this wood? These are big chunks of old wood, right? Hardwood, you know." Right, slowly they're burning. Right, so much life, so many, so many years, so much experience, so much vitamins, so much air, so much experience like that, and now slowly the shakti is being released. That's fire, right? And the 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 external thing when the shakti is released, what's left is ash. So actually, the reality of the wood is ash. It's just carbon and a few things like this, right? Everything else is being released through the energy transfer as its chemical transfer. However, I mean, I'm doing more symbolically, not not um not a uh, uh, scientifically or, or like this or biologically. But what fire is? It's releasing the inherent energy in it, right? And what's left is going to be ash, right? So similarly, with the body, when when you when you, the soul leaves and all everything is, and you speed up the process, what's going to be left is ash. You light it in a fire to speed up the process. If you, even if you don't light, you put it in the corner, it will decompose and become the equivalent of ash, right? Ultimately, become just some nothing. Right. Uh, so similarly, this so in the in the cremation ground, one thinks this, one realizes this, and that's a perfect place to realize her to see he's a shakti behind him. What's real in the changing world, right? But also, this world is smashan, is a smashan because everything's continuously dying, everything is being burnt, right? There's not we we say oh I mean sometimes it's a little people think we're a little negative to say, but it, it's said that when somebody is born, they begin to die. Right, they're not born is just one second, right? Yay, right? Everybody claps and <laughs> cigars are distributed. <laughs> it's a boy, it's a girl, yeah, yeah. And then slowly, there's some growth, but the growth is just rushing to the point where you fall over on the other side, right? Over the hill, <laughs> you get to the end. <laughs> That's when it starts, right? In the process of dying. So, in a certain sense, even to live is to die. To live is actually living means dying, actually, right? And so this whole world that we see is a cremation ground. Everything is dying. Everything is being burnt. And what's left is going to be of everything. Even this, I sometimes think, uh, there's that show we've mentioned before. It's like After Man or something. After Humans. Right? It's on uh, Discovery or... Occasionally the History Channel breaks their discussion of aliens, (laughs) ancient aliens or something. They sometimes do an interesting show. Right? Uh, Um... And I think it's just either that or it's, uh, one of those channels where it's like imagine okay, let's look let's look at Los Angeles, a great city, one of the economic powers of the world, 
require New York City or Washington like that. And let's imagine, not just imagine, if it's going to happen eventually, people won't be there anymore. Right? It may happen tomorrow, it may happen in a thousand years, but people won't be there anymore. What will happen? So just imagine, they have a bunch of scientists describe it. So let's just say today, no more people. You remove people from the, like that. Slowly what will happen, things will begin to rust. Uh, concrete seeds will begin to create, create concrete. Right? Uh, slowly, slowly bridges will fall. Right, you know, bridge, bridges are we going to? So it's like slowly. So eventually, it will all. Then the forest will retake it. Animals will come back in. Right, God willing, maybe this will happen. <laughs> maybe a few of us are left. Maybe not me. Hopefully, but <laughs> human beings have some value. Maybe they'll have a few will be left. That's what the scripture said. There'll be a few left at the end of the whole thing to re- repopulate the next yuga. But um, uh, what will be? So it's, it means the glorious U.S. civilization. Glorious U.S. civilization, right? Economic power, political, military power of the world, right? Will be eventually a layer of of, of colored sand, yes. right? In, in in a stone. Maybe future archaeologists will like, what is? Like, I wonder what this is. What's the chemical structure of this? Right? You know, like it all. I mean, everything is. Even the, our great civilizations will all become um, uh, ash, the equivalent of ash. Jaima, jaima, jaima. Smashana Vastani, she who resides in the cremation fire, in the cremation grounds. The final thing I want to say when we were on the thing is that uh, also the cremation ground you have to you have to encounter fear. Nothing scarier than I mean, not everybody's scared of these things, but most people are a little scared of cemeteries and cremation grounds and, and so we're told go into the cremation ground in the middle of the night. Right. There's Tadanas like this. Even the Kapuristata says it. Uh, uh, it's interpreted cremation ground means Brahman, thinking of Brahman, what's the middle of the night mean? Middle midnight. That means between day and night, right? Mm-hmm. In between, that means Shushumna. In between Ida and Pingala, right? So all these things have very deep meaning. We can go into cremation ground and meditate in the middle of the night. That maybe has value, right? But also cremation ground is thinking of Brahman, thinking of the unchanging, and midnight is in in the dear center of our being, Shushumna, not in Ida and Pingala. Very deep type of thing, but. In that environment of going to cremation ground in the middle of the night, it's very scary. So you have to overcome fear, right? We have to see. So that's one of the things, the hero's path. You have to overcome fear. That's one of the signs of the cremation. She exists in the scary. So you could say she exists in scary places, in scary moments, when we're losing what we think uh, is, is ours or is us, right? This is also she who exists in the cremation ground. And cremation ground also means by by saying it's Brahman means it's beyond thought. She exists beyond. Beyond manifest aware, beyond thinking, with even the gods don't understand her nature, right? And also in the cremation ground, we are alone ultimately, right? We come, we and we have connections and family and friends like this, but at death we're alone again. We come alone. There's many poetic statements that we come alone. We we come with nothing. We leave with nothing. We come alone. We leave alone, right? The all these are the mess are the message of the cremation ground. Right, so it's also the message. But the problem is, we don't think of the cremation. We th- we manage not to, th- we manage not to think of death. It's a very interesting phenomenon. The one thing we have in common, the one thing everyone has in common, the one surefire thing, we don't think of it. So she exists in that thought, right, at that place. We went. When, uh, so, anyways, it's a very bold perspective. It and reminds me of a Kabir poem. Uh, says, when I was born, I was crying. The world was laughing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you should live in such a way. I was laughing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Everybody cries and you laugh. Yeah, (laughs) that's the idea. That should be, we should live, but every moment, every place, 
every moment we're dying and every place is a cremation ground. We have to live this way, right? Uh, um, and see her in she's smash in Boston. She's right here in the middle of the whole thing. She's awareness. She's a power. She's Shakti. See her in that. Anyway, so these are a few uh, uh, beautiful uh, 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 images. You wouldn't think beautiful of a she who sits on a corpse, <laughs> she who wears corpse earrings, she who has a corpse band of, of hands, she who uh, uh, she, uh, like this. But actually, we think about it; they're very, very deep. And then there's another thing: is maybe they're not deep at all. Maybe this is an ancient goddess worshipped by tribal people, and this is the way they worshipped her. Who knows why they meant it? Right? That could very easily be that. They worshipped her this way. This is an ancient goddess from uh, Vindhya Mountains. This is almost African tribe in, in uh, Adivasis in India. Right? Uh, uh, even now, you go farther enough, you go into Nagaland. They're headhunters. They're like this uh, that tradition. The government has no control there. It's a whole different tradition. They're not Hindus in a normal sense, but they're worshippers of the ancient goddess, ancient Ur goddess, mm-hmm. right? But whatever, right? Now, thinking of these images, people's modern, every generation modernizes and updates their meditation on her, right? How they worshipped her, we don't know. Maybe we know how, but why, what, anthropologists can guess. And now you can go and interview tribal people and things like that, try to get some anthropologists will get some PhD uh, grants in order to go through this type of research, right? But for generations, for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, Right, regular devotees of the Divine Mother, right? Uh, who've thought, who've, uh, who, however the forms came, or however the images came, they're thinking, and they, and they have what the original meaning is. We cannot know, but saints have thought of what this means. They've come, they've given us meanings, taken about all oh, this, and you can see, you see, it's like, oh, it means this, right? And somebody's spirit, mat- according to one's spiritual maturity, you'll give meaning to something, where somebody else doesn't see any meaning in it. Or, or you know, so we luckily we hear, we can come up with our, we can look at mom, come up with our own meanings of what it all means, what it means to us. It means something different to everybody. So that I'm not challenging what what it means to me. I can't. I mean, I wouldn't say it's too private. What it means to you, I also I wouldn't ask, and I don't care. <laughs> so I really I don't I really don't care what most people think. <laughs> That's a little secret about me. <laughs> Somebody one time in, in, in Rishikesh told me, but you know, uh, I, I told him, please excuse me, I don't care what you think about anything. <laughs> I told her like that. I don't mean to be rude, but the person was being very rude, telling me, like, he's like, but I actually don't care what you think. I care what the saints think, right? <laughs> like, I'm trying to adjust, I'm trying to clear my thinking, I care what the saints think, right? So we're presenting what the saints think. What the, what's in the commentaries, what's in the yogic tradition, what our own gurus have said, what Ramakrishna and his disciples have said, right? What's in the, sh- in the Shastras and the commentaries on the Shastras. We're giving that type of stuff, right? Because right now you hear a lot of stuff, people saying all kinds of stuff about these very images, right? And maybe they're, maybe they're right. They had just as much as right, but they don't have authority yet. They don't have... Um, um, they're people maybe of their own, maybe clever thinkers, independent thinkers, sincere people, but they don't have authority, they don't have the authority of tradition. They don't have authority of, of, of discipline, renunciation, practice, years of sadhana, being recognized by... You know, there's something about authority also. Not authoritarianism, I mean, but like, you know, the difference between, you know, a student and a professor may have different views of something. And maybe the student's right. But given the two, we pay attention to what the professor thinks. Because he has more... Until we make our... Eventually, we'll become... One great uh, sadhu who came here, I will end with this point, uh, uh, Anubhavana... No. Anubhava Krishna, that's that Swami from, 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 he said, he says his, his own guru sent him to school, right, and, and, and he, hmm, he sent him to school, and he said, what's it between you and the professor, oh, there's a huge difference between my professor, he says, no, no, there's some years and some, some books, 
right? You'll also know. You do that study, and you'll be just like the professor. There's nothing right now. There's a huge difference, but the real difference is, is years of study and years of experience and of research, right? So we can also like that. Without that research, they may be right, but I, I'm not that impre- I'm not. I don't run to hear with every most of the time as soon as people start talking I have to admit a little bit I almost have to shut my I don't want this all unreal undigested Vedanta and even worse undigested Tantra <laughs> put into my mind <laughs> right <laughs> like, I'm interested in what the what the saints have said what the gurus have said what other oh, all the other sincere sadhaks have said right so this is what we, we've trained carefully because these are points that have to be described carefully and in, in, a, in, a, in a private circle, but this is an open private circle, and it's being broadcast on Facebook, so <laughs> it's not that private. <laughs> so we have to be a little bit conscious and presenting only what has been said in, 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 by, in traditional sources, uh, knowing that even they, even the gods, don't know what her nature is. Right? So what are you going to say? We're going to say something. We have to say something. Yeah. Right? This is our job. <laughs> yes, tell me. So you said, I would just trigger something in my brain that. Uh, mm. Mm. Is that you mean to say as the animating soul of the world? Yes. That the world would be yes. not even be. Yeah, so she's yeah, it's a soul of the universe. But there's but now the now what's the Dimuchin job Yivatma and Paramatma? That's a complicated mm-hmm. answer. Many people have given different answers. <laughs> if, is there a difference? What's the relationship between the individual soul or souls? Yeah, that's a that's another topic <laughs> that will also come up in these names get developed. <laughs> right. yeah, There's many views. Right. <laughs> But whatever it is, right? Shakti. Whether there's, she has unlimited forms. See, in the Chandni, she says, "I have unlimited." Uh, she is all form, but then she also says, "Look, they're all coming into me. I'm the only one here." Yeah. Right. right. That's a that's there a hint, mm-hmm. right? She g- she is the one behind the many. Right. So the many exist. We can't deny it. But to say that to say there's one behind the many is almost saying there's not many. There's only one appearing as many. But it gives value to the many. It doesn't dismiss it right. as unreal. It's the many are real. We're real. Right. But who are we? That's the question. Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. So we'll find it. We'll, we'll next week. Uh, next week we'll, or next two weeks we'll we'll read a few more names of who are we and who is she. And Takor said, if you know who she is and who who you are, that's sufficient. You know. Jai Takur, Jai Ramakrishna, Jai Mahakali. Thank you for your kind of attention. Om.